Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Good morning, and welcome to <laughs> Waveform episode four. Uh, I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And so we're bringing you a, a bit of an unscheduled podcast in between your typical bi-weekly schedule. We're, uh, we're post-Apple event, yeah. and I figure what better way to sort of recap everything and give some deeper thoughts and, and really talk about this stuff, get in the weeds where we didn't in the videos, than a podcast episode. Yeah, I think it works perfect. So we're kind of, I mean, if you hear any audio differences, I mean, we've sort of been messing with it as we go, but we're also in a hotel room this time. It's like 24 hours removed from the actual Apple event. Um, I was there. If you didn't see the videos that I published already, we have an iPhone 11 hands-on up, and we have a separate iPhone 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max hands-on videos. Those are all up, um, but this is just going to be our, our full look into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So obviously Apple every year has a big fall event. We know it's coming early September, first two weeks. We always know we're going to get the iPhone and then some other stuff. And, uh, you know, coming up to this, there's a, a bunch of rumors and some people saying there's going to be a one more thing and sort of, you know, a little bit of hype and questions going into it. But generally, at the end of the day, when the event ended, I don't think there were any surprises. Maybe uh, maybe some small stuff, but pretty yeah, predictable. I don't think there was. I think the most surprising thing was we all expected one more thing and there wasn't. And there wasn't. Nope. Yeah. So I guess we know who not to listen to on Twitter <laughs> anymore. Um, but I just want to take a moment before we get into the, the hardware stuff about, I just want to talk about the event itself. Cause I, I've gone to a couple of these now. This is at the Steve Jobs theater, which is on Apple's campus in Cupertino. And it is wild actually being there because here's what I'll say. Apple events, Apple presentations of their products are the gold standard oh, yeah. for presentations. And this isn't even like a, a bias thing coming from me. I've been to a lot of presentations. I've watched a lot of on-stage attempts to deliver a presentation of new tech. Everything from smartphone companies to laptops from the biggest of Microsoft and Google all the way to the smallest. And everyone's just trying to do an Apple keynote yeah, in various ways. And you know, you get, you get your little uh, quirks here and there and fun things and little jabs they take on stage. But I'm curious what you think watching an Apple keynote versus some others we've seen. Yeah, so I watched it all on the stream because we only got one ticket to go in, so I was hanging out at the hotel room. But yeah, I think even if uh, even if you're the, one of the biggest Apple haters out there, you have to admit their presentations are just perfect. They run like clockwork. Everything just like it is. It's, it's incredible. It's also underrated. A technical masterpiece. Uh, so first off, it was streamed on YouTube yeah. this year for the first time. That's never happened before. I remember the days where you had to have Safari specifically <laughs> to be able to watch it on a browser or you'd watch it on Apple TV. 
Uh, so this is kind of going in the other direction. We kind of had a bet going how many people we thought yeah, would yeah. be watching live. Did you see a higher number than I did? I saw like 1. I didn't see 8. a higher number. I was watching it on the TV in here, so it didn't have the little oh. like a uh, view counter on it. But I think yeah, what did you say one? I saw the highest number I got was 1.8 million live concurrent viewers That's on the crazy. on the live stream. That's, That's not bad. Nutty. It makes me wonder how many people were watching on Apple.com in previous yeah, years, right? Because that was a pretty quiet event. What about the crazy ones? You know? Yeah, I, I think what's People hear numbers like 1.8 and they look at YouTube videos that have like four or five million. You have to understand that streaming is way different. That's 1.8 people watching live at that time, not including the millions of people who are going to watch that after. Uh, Also, I realized when I was trying to download the keynote for the videos, you can get all the keynotes if you just search like Apple keynote and they have a podcast folder with all 1080p videos of it. I think it went back to like 2011. Yeah, I did not know this. Just a free archive to download old keynotes. Yeah, so if you're ever looking to make a video on Apple stuff, you can get download everything right off of iTunes. And if you wanna just go watch how great Apple's been doing keynotes like this, you can go back like 10 years almost, I think. For real. So yeah, so you can watch those old keynotes. I saw one and a half million. By the way, the record for most live concurrent streams on a YouTube stream uh do you have a guess or have you have i told you this already i don't think so if i don't know what my guess would be i think the highest i've ever seen on like twitch was maybe a million and that was like that was unheard of the like reason crazy. Yeah, yeah yeah i think the reason it got so high is because it hit like five hundred thousand. then everyone's like i need to watch this yeah why is the stream going something. so crazy yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd seen a SpaceX launch get up to when they literally la- landed those two oh. rockets at once, got up past two million. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the record is the Red Bull Stratus jump. Oh. Had about eight million live wow, viewers. Wow, really? Just because it was this huge buildup and yeah. everyone was sharing it as it was happening and we all had to see the moment and that moment peaked pretty hard. It's, so. it's interesting. Is the moment at that point the jump or is the moment at that point I'm part of the record for watching this stream? Uh, I think it's the jump and then the the sort of heart-stopping moment of when will he like safely land. Uh, right. It was a whole thing. But that that's the YouTube record right now. But I just wanted to mention the technical masterpiece that is an Apple presentation. A mm-hmm. bunch of little things I noticed. One, the Steve Jobs Theater is made. It's a building built specifically to execute this to perfection. And I don't just mean like it's a nice pretty building where you can take nice videos, no. The entire roof of it floats above the the ground with entirely glass windows surrounding it. When you go downstairs into the hands-on area, the entire top of it is a softbox. The entire top of it, okay? So you go down, you get into the theater part, there are silently moving cameras in tracks above your head. So you'll see like a Samsung presentation at Barclays Center, yeah. that big sweeping camera over the audience. That's a jib that they've mm-hmm. set up beforehand to make those angles look cool on stream. This is built for that. So they just lined it up and That's built it into the roof of this this presentation center. At a certain point, I noticed they were doing a, a demo on a new iPad with a game and the dude walked off stage and the pedestal that he was holding <laughs> the iPad on slowly, silently, actually kind of quickly disappeared into the stage. And and he just he just kept presenting. Like he just walked over the top of where the like pedestal used happened. to be. Like nothing happened. <laughs> like there's just a bunch of pedestals underneath that stage waiting to come out whenever you need it for a presentation. It was crazy. That is pretty crazy. I mean, Google has their like amphitheater outside, which is, it's cool. Being outside for a presentation is actually really refreshing yeah. as like a tech thing. But that theater, I haven't been in the theater part. I've been up top it's beautiful, that entire thing. And 
I guess I never even thought that they built that for these presentations. It's made just for this, it's and a, it is so good. I, there's outlets at every seat. The Wi-Fi doesn't explode. Like, there's all the baseline things are good, but then, like, yeah, the, the disappearing pedestal really blew my mind for a minute there. Do you think the uh, the Wi-Fi is perfect after that incident with uh, Steve Jobs? Oh, no doubt. He was <laughs> like, yeah, Wi-Fi must always be amazing after this. Yeah, if no one's seen that video, you need to go look up Steve Jobs. <laughs> what was it? The Like the original iPhone trying to show web browsing and telling everyone to get off the internet? Super early Safari demo. Oh, I'd like everyone in the audience to turn off your... Yeah, yeah, no, not happening, Steve. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I really enjoyed the presentation, but let's just get right into what they announced. There was a couple smaller things at the beginning. Um, one was there is a new Apple Watch Series 5. Yeah. I'm an Apple Watch user. Well, not a lot of people that I know personally are, but I see them everywhere. Um, the Apple Watch Series 5 will start at $399 for the GPS version and $499 for the cellular. And uh, it has an always-on display. That's like the main new difference with it. And I think a lot of people who are into traditional watches will appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's not something I thought of. I don't wear a smartwatch. I don't wear a regular watch. Um, but I can't believe I never thought like an how great an always on display would be. It's such a good idea. Well, it's not a good idea. I'm sure people have oh, the out idea there. before, <laughs> yeah. but they, but they obviously are doing it now, which makes total sense. So yeah, this is this is one of those things. It's not, it's a new technology that they're talking about. It's a dynamic refresh rate, so it can go modulate from 60 hertz to one hertz, mm -hmm. which is one refresh every second. So if you're just having like a static face and you just want to see a second hand without yeah, like looking need. at it, yeah, you just get to check the time and it's always there. Um, and it apparently will not affect your battery life, at least not significantly enough for them to change their estimates. So uh, yeah, same battery life, which is for me like a day and a half and you get always on display now. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, and then the other thing was uh, the new baseline iPad. Not a whole ton of crazy, fascinating stuff going on no. here. I was actually almost kind of surprised. If you watch, uh, again, here's a video to check out. Quint, Snazzy Labs. Mm -hmm. He did a really just funny, like, off-the-cuff video of just talking through all the stuff. And he said something that I really agree with, which is, I didn't even really expect that to get any stage time, like that new baseline iPad. Yeah, like usually the cheaper iPad. Yeah, usually that's a quiet store refresh. The store goes down, it reappears. Oh, new iPad, baseline, uh, 329 bucks. You know, supports the the old pencil with the stupid lightning connector. Like it, <laughs> it's a thing. It's got the the smart connector now for a keyboard, but uh, generally just a great value tablet. It seems like their main point behind all of that was this is competing against lower end laptops. Yeah, and they kept saying over and over again like why it's faster and better than uh, the world's top selling PC, the best selling which, uh, PC yeah. laptop. I took a little not offense to that, but <laughs> it's kind of like the the best selling laptop right now is probably some junk hp it's low-hanging fruit at. yeah it's if you go Walmart. to amazon and mm -hmm. search for the highest uh selling laptops they're not great no they're terrible because people want to spend no money and expect something great out of it so yeah. tough thing to compare to but you know gotta throw that jab out there when you can yeah i was kind of expecting more jabs actually up to that presentation that was your tweets were hilarious <laughs> about that like oh huh, still no jab nope oh there yeah it is. there it is yeah uh, usually within like the first hour of any apple presentation you can expect them to talk through all their previous updates about here's our customer satisfaction number here's our competitors mm -hmm. here's our uh you know ios 13 update numbers here's our competitors look mm -hmm. how badly they're doing but they kind of skipped that whole update thing so i was waiting for the jabs and I, I guess, yeah, I tweeted maybe five minutes before the first jab, like, why aren't there any jabs yet? <laughs> I did also make a typo. I said jobs, but you know what? That's okay. Why not? Wish I could just, you know, edit tweets or something like that. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, yeah. And so then they they made their first jab, which is just like our A12X Bionic was better than any two-year-old Android phone, something along those lines. I think lines. it said something like the 
I thought it was the A13 Bionic will be better than Android chips in two years. Oh, yeah. I think they said the A12 Bionic will be better. Oh, the A12 will? Yeah. So, yeah. Big claims. Big jabs. I get it. But that's the new Apple Watch Series 5 and the new baseline iPad. I think it's just called iPad. There's no real name. Yeah. Why make... Why make a new name when you can just use the old one? iPad, whatever. Just make it confusing. Don't worry. They have lots of great names coming up. Uh, <laughs> next oh, up, they they got to the phones. Yeah. And this is what we were all waiting for. By the way, there's other little stuff. There's a Apple TV Plus subscription, which is five bucks a month. That's lower than I thought it That's would be. That's lower than I think everyone thought it would be. And then there's Apple Arcade, which is a game subscription. And there's 100 exclusive games, I believe. And that's five bucks a month as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest mobile gamer. The demos didn't exactly sway me. It was some modified Frogger looking yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I remember playing Frogger when I was younger and loving it, but that was, that looked, I was expecting to feel nostalgic and I just didn't really It wasn't, yeah, understand the, what the was cartoon on. baby, I didn't really feel that. So no, whatever, no. but you know, those two things happened, but we really were just waiting for the phone stuff and we got it. We got iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, and iPhone 11 Pro Max. Nice, just rolls off the tongue. Just, you know, people will definitely say it the right way every time. Um, why don't we start with iPhone 11? So that, uh, replaces iPhone XR. Yeah. Can we talk about naming scheme first? Okay. Yeah, sure. I think that's a, I think it's a great idea. I just think they should have done it last year. Right. So iPhone 11 is just sort of the standard now. You don't have to name it the 11R. So that's, it's not missing anything or it's not the 11 light or E or, you know, the, the lightweight phone. It's the iPhone 11. And the majority of people who are going into a store are just saying, I want a new iPhone. And that's what they're actually looking. They were looking for the XR. Yeah. Except they didn't want the light version. See how so, you said XR? Yeah. <laughs> when it's 10R? Oh, yeah, no one, no one's going to say that Roman numeral right. I'm also glad they dropped that. Yeah. But yeah, people going to the store, they just want the, the cheap, good, better iPhone than last year, and that's what they got. Exactly, and and it makes total sense. And then the pro version is that if you're spending $1,000 on a phone, you're you're expecting to, do some, to have something that's kind of extraordinary. Right. So the iPhone 11 is $699 to start. Yep. And I'm going to blank on the storage ratios again. I think they did the whole like 64, 256 thing. They skip 128. Okay. Um, I'll have to double check that. But six ninety nine is fifty dollars cheaper than the iPhone XR started at last year, which was seven fifty. So pretty impressive there. And I mentioned that in my video. They actually lowered the starting price mm-hmm. of a new iPhone. Um, but a lot of what you're going to see in this phone is very similar. A thirteen Bionic. Uh, as far as I know, very similar RAM, same size LCD screen. They're calling it the Liquid Crystal Display. Uh, longer battery life by the XR by one hour which that was the best battery life I've ever seen in an iPhone. So yeah. that's pretty impressive, an hour longer. I don't know what scientifically that means, yeah. if it's one hour of your day being longer and yeah, one hour of knows. screen on time, whatever. That's just the way Apple likes to say it. Um, did you have a favorite color? Because there's six new in the, colors. In that, I didn't, not really, honestly. <laughs> I, I think I would probably just go black. Yeah, so there's black. There's a product red, which I guess is like a little bit of a lighter red than before, mm-hmm. and I showed it in my video. Uh, green, yellow, white, purple. Purple. And they're kind of pastel-y in a way. The green and the yeah. purple and the yellow are pastel-y. So. Uh, but yeah, same 6.1-inch LCD display, same resolution. It's not bumped up. It's not 1080 or anything crazy like that. Um, it's not brighter. Um, Wait, a, speaking of bumps, Yeah, I didn't get to play with the phone but i believe you mentioned that there is a camera bump and there is a camera bump on the camera bump yeah yeah there's a there's a camera bump and then there's like (laughs) there's like a camera uh lip i guess yeah 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 that's a better way of putting it so the the entire back of the phone it's actually kind of impressive 
the 10 or sorry the 11 it's a glossy phone mm-hmm. and then the camera square is what i'll call the first okay. bump is actually matte so that's sort of frosted okay but it's part of the same sheet of glass so it's just milled out and it sort of crests up into this hump where okay. it's actually frosted and then protruding through that frosted square is your circles your stovetop burners of yeah i love that <laughs> that pit photo on twitter was hilarious it's great it's and that's perfect. that protrudes a tiny tiny bit over the top of that and that goes back to glossy okay um it's an interesting look i'm not the biggest fan actually of like switching it up on the device um but you know it does look a little different from the renders a lot of renders had it all glossy or all matte so yeah it's a look i don't know Support for Waveform comes from Coda. So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's coda, C-O-D-A, io slash wave to get started for free coda.io forward slash wave uh i i i'm not the biggest most excited person about iphone 11 at the moment uh there's a couple other little things like faster face id 30 percent faster okay and also they mentioned possibly slightly more angles to unlock the phone and on this i really want to test because some of the promo videos showed the phone like flat on a table being mm-hmm. unlocked and that's the type of thing they show in a promo video but doesn't necessarily work, yeah, work in real life because they showed almost the same thing. This lady coming out of a pool with the phone flat on the side of the pool and she unlocks it and that's just not working that way currently on iPhones. Yeah. So face ID improvements generally should be good. It, I mean, if it all works, it should be great because that's the main complaint. If it's lying on your desk and you're at your computer, you don't want to lean d- over your I desk. I do it a and... lot and it's really annoying. Like I lean way over my desk <laughs> to unlock the phone and it's just like, it I makes wish it I didn't have to do that. On a standing desk, that's just even tougher <laughs> than you're like up on your tiptoes. The and... ergonomics are not ideal. Um, but the main upgrade to iPhone 11 is the camera. Mm-hmm. You get a second camera now. It's a 12 megapixel ultra wide and a 12 megapixel primary camera. Um, I really like this. Uh, I'm, I, you know, shout out to LG for way back in the day yeah, being right? one of the first ones to do ultra wide, and now everybody's on that boat, and I'm all for it. Uh, there's ultra wide cameras everywhere. Now we get to see what an iPhone's ultra wide camera looks like, and I suspect that the best part about it will be its consistency with the main camera. Yes, exactly. I think that's I'm a hoping. big problem we've seen with other multiple cameras is one is just completely different than the other one. It's almost dis- like discourages me from using it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's cool that it's ultra wide, but like I'm using the ROG phone two right now and it has an ultra wide and then I shoot with it and it's just very different looking, much softer, a little more chromatic aberration, colors are different. It just doesn't match the main camera, which happens to be kind of decent, spoiler alert. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the consistency is great there. Um, but it is, you know, a little bit of a different aperture. I'm not sure exactly the numbers off the top of my head, but this all remains to be seen. We're going to test this out. Um, 
for the full review but i'm i'm crossing my fingers for that yeah i think it's interesting you said on your way home from the event you're talking with an uber driver who is asking about the phone and and yeah. you mentioned an ultra wide and he's like oh they just keep changing the cameras every year but i never notice a difference yeah so people don't seem to understand what that means and i'm excited to see what the the average person's like <laughs> when they tap that 0.5 button and we're like oh yeah i can get a lot in this picture that was a funny conversation i was yeah i was in the uber and the guy was like oh have you seen the new iphones i'm like yeah i saw them uh he was like well what's new and i tried to say the cameras were new and he was like look every year i hit the camera button i take a picture and it looks the same i'm like <laughs> well okay so you're probably like you know zooming in and out and the the telephoto camera on the iphone's never been amazing so it's not really convincing anyone it's worth having a second camera yeah but when the second camera is an ultra wide and completely different, totally different field of view, you can go way up closer to objects. You can get all these crazy, you know, perspectives. But I guess I didn't do a good job of explaining, <laughs> explaining. it because he just kind of was like, "Yeah, well, whatever. I take a camera, I take a picture again. It looks the same, whatever." So uh, yeah, we'll see how regular people respond to it. But there's yeah. some cool cues in the camera app, at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought it was interesting. The camera app currently on the iPhone is like all the rest of the UI is blacked out and there's just your image uh, of the viewfinder. And so this new camera app will show like a grayed out, slightly grayed out version of what the ultrawide would look like, but it's not in your shot uh, until you hit the ultrawide button and then it compresses it all into the viewfinder. Huh. So you, to me, maybe I'm doing a bad job of explaining it, but I feel like that might confuse people into thinking that they are capturing Taking an ultrawide it? before they actually are. Uh, I got to talk to more people about this because it, yeah, it's a, a weird hard time cue. picturing what you're saying. Yeah, like you, you have you have what's actually in your photo where it normally is, okay. and then wider than that, you have you can see what the ultra wide okay, photo kind of like look on the like. outsides of like the like guides. Yeah, outside okay. of the guides, but it's not in your photo. When you snap the photo, it won't be there. Okay. So yeah, I don't know how people react to that. It's supposed to encourage you to go, oh look how much more I could capture, yeah, yeah, and then you switch to it, but. We'll see how that goes. Is there a, uh, I forget if they mentioned this in there, but a way that if you take the photo, it snaps it with both cameras? Yeah, so there is some small software stuff going on where when you snap a photo, it will keep some information from okay. the wider camera. And you can turn this on or off in settings because it does take more storage course, to do this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can, like if you take a photo and you realize some of it is chopped off from the mm -hmm. corner, you can sort of reframe it and drag things that weren't in the frame cool. back in. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I wish actually a, a bunch more cameras were doing that. So yeah. that's a good use of the ultra wide. The other thing I liked is the the like quick video uh, shooting where yeah. if you're in photo mode and you see something you want to take a video of, instead of having to swap to video mode, you can just hold down the shutter button and take a quick video, kind of like Snapchat, exactly Instagram story like Snapchat style. Exactly, Snapchat Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's a perfect UI tweak to make because people are just so used to that, mm -hmm. doing that in that app now. Um, my question was, that's where burst mode used to be. You yeah. hold the shutter button down, where did burst mode go? The answer is you hold the shutter button down and then drag it over to the left where the image preview is and then you're doing burst mode. Um, I think a lot of people just won't do that anymore. Probably. I don't <laughs> think many people are using burst mode right. in the camera anyways, but. Yeah, and then uh, if you also hold the shutter button down and drag to the right, it will lock it in video recording mode so you don't have to hold your finger oh, really? on the screen. Yeah. Oh, So yeah. good job. I like good UI stuff. Yeah, good gestures. Cool. Um, so that's iPhone 11. Uh, it's other thing is, both cameras get 4K 60, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can do 4K 60 ultra-wide, which, I don't know, a couple other phones that have come out haven't used that ultra-wide to its full ability. You couldn't do video with it, or you couldn't do full 4K 60. Um, actually, OnePlus with the Android 10 update, they said they weren't going to, but you can actually now do really? video on the ultra-wide. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, full, full 4K60 from each camera, which is sweet. That's nuts. Yeah, on an IP68 phone. I just keep going back to that GoPro I, thing. I really hope some yeah. some snowboarding kid like tapes his iPhone to his helmet and runs it's down the happen. slope with it. I it's can't wait happen. to see it. That's going to be a great video too, stabilizing everything. Huh. Okay, so that's iPhone 11, and that brought us to your iPhone 11 Pro and iPhone 11 Pro Max. Great names, Apple. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, that's where we get to your, your $1,000 and $1,100 starting prices. So these phones are... I mean, there's only, again, I did a video. There's a couple main things that are different, but mm-hmm. it really comes down to the camera, again, yeah. as the main difference. Can we talk about color quick? You asked me what my favorite color of the last one was, and okay, yeah. this is where I saw a color, and I was like, holy, okay, I like that a lot. I'm, I'm kind of like torn on this. So there is, I'll say the four new color names. Okay. They are silver, which kind of looks like white. I've always called silver white since they've gone from glass back. This one looks even more bright white okay. than any previous one I've seen. There is a uh, gold. Yeah. You know, typical gold, but it's obviously a different finish. And then gray and green. So green. space gray and green. And they call it mi- midnight green. Mm-hmm. Are, it's are like you one olive. Of those? I you, like it. Are you really a green I person? I really like it. Um, You know, it's... Okay. Did it? I think I remember, I think it was more of like an emerald, but do you remember Essential came out with those three extra oh, colors yeah. and Essential had like a like an emerald green with a gold. Had a little bit of aqua to it, I think. Yeah, it was nice. This yeah. is much different than that, but this like matte green color is something that, I don't know, I think is really cool. I've always imagined having like a really sick off-road car wrapped in like a <laughs> matte green color, just like yeah. super, super badass and like this kind of. Not that the iPhone's like your rugged off-road phone, but like yeah. for some reason that color is just so different to me, and I think that green and matte works really well together. So I think it's cool. I would probably put a case on it anyways because I'd be terrified of dropping it. <laughs> but but it looks really nice huh. from what I've seen. I bet it actually looks better in person. Yeah, I mean everyone I talked to loved the green, and it blew my mind because I've never had anyone like really want a green phone before. I think. That also has to do with just like, here's a new color. Everyone's pumped about a new yeah, color. Yeah, I mean, if it was blue, I think people would have gone crazy the same way. I think any new color people would go crazy. I'm sure there are some people who actually like that color, but it's. I think it's cool. We haven't seen a phone really pull that off. We're going way more like, I feel like all the new phones now are, here's dark with this hint of super bright color, like the McLaren oh, uh, Edition OnePlus, or yeah. you see all these like Vivo phones that have these like bright blue corners and everything. So toning it back, going like drab is... I think really cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll check it out for sure. I My personal favorite is the Space Gray still. Of course. And I, I mean, I guess it makes sense because I really wanted a matte black iPhone. And this is close to that. Um, but like I said, it is now a matte finish for the iPhone Pros. And I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the matte finish. Now, here's the thing. The Apple logo, which is in the middle of the phone now, is still <laughs> glossy. And you can feel it when you run your finger oh, really? over it. Okay. And the camera square is also glossy. So now it's the opposite <laughs> of the iPhone 11 where the camera square is glossy instead of the rest of the phone. And it, it kind of, when you look at it, looks indented, even though it still is a protrusion. Huh. It's a weird like eye trick it plays on me sometimes when I look at it, but it's the same thing. It's like a little bump on top and then a little stovetop burners on top of the bump and then <laughs> that's your, your iPhone camera. And yeah. yeah. Uh, the Apple logo being in the center. That was one thing I found hilarious when there were the first rumors about it. Like only Apple could move a logo on the back of the phone and see that much backlash. Like 
imagine Google moving their logo. Imagine LG moving their logo. Samsung moving their logo. Was it really backlash? Nobody would care. There was a lot. I think Taylor Swift Tech did an entire video about about move, how bad about that is. Mo- not about how bad about reactions to it. And huh. I didn't watch it, so I don't want to say what his thoughts were on okay. it. Um, but like, only Apple, because they just make everything they do like iconic. Like every product they make, you could make an a simple outline of it and people would know exactly what it is and that's what they've built their brand on so moving a logo what like half an inch down yeah man it's just everyone has an opinion on it and I it's crazy guess... to me that a company can design so well that small little changes like that yeah freak people out honestly i'm gonna be totally honest i didn't even notice oh, really i held the phone i looked at it and i you know had some some time to play with it and someone said like oh it doesn't say iPhone on it anymore. It's just the, the Apple logo, mm-hmm. and it's in the middle now. I was like, oh, cool. Neat. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm a little distracted by the giant stovetop burner. On yeah, the top yeah. I wasn't really looking at the logo anymore. I was just kind of focused on the matte finish. But anyway, um, yeah, so there there are some other new features for the iPhone 11 Pros. Um, so the main one being the triple cameras. You have the ultra-wide, you have the standard, and you have a 2X telephoto. Mm-hmm. So now you can go from 0.5X to 2X some say that's a 4x optical zoom, whatever you want to call it, triple cameras. A couple of interesting things about it, you can shoot portrait mode with the 2x telephoto or the regular camera. Okay. That was pretty cool. So that you could only, nice, yeah. yeah, on previous iPhones where you switched to portrait mode, you would immediately zoom in to the telephoto, and that's the worst camera, and it would always look worse than a normal phone. But on the 10R, I really like that you could take wide portrait mode photos. So yeah, you can take either one, whichever one you prefer, which is cool. And then, of course, your A13 Bionic, much, much better efficiency is going to give you, and this is, again, a a thing Apple just says on stage, but four hours more battery life than the iPhone XS. That's a big claim. And the big one, five hours more battery life than the XS Max on the 11 Pro Max. (laughs) that's That's a big claim. I'm interested to see how that translates into, like, if I notice it being a really much better battery. Yeah, I feel like if you take the conversion rate of all day battery life to having like five hours of screen on time, that probably means you've got like an extra 20 minutes. Right, yeah. I'm (laughs) sure it'll it'll work out to be less dramatic than, you know, five more hours. (laughs) Like I really, I'm only halfway dead when I thought I'd be dead. Yeah, it's not gonna be that insane, but I'm still happy that it's doing better. Uh, It's not like they made the phone thinner and sacrificed battery life, you know, like they might've done in the past. So I'm happy about that. 18 watt fast charger in the box. Small great gripe is that the word small gripe with that it's still lightning but it's a lightning it's a lightning to usb type c cable Mm -hmm. and then it's a usb type c charger what are you doing (laughs) so close what are you doing you put your foot on the bridge and you're like i'll cross it and then you turn around you're like never mind i'll i'll keep lightning for another year this all has me more hyped for um for the 2020 iphone when i think we'll get a lot of the features that i've been thinking about but yeah at least it's in the box. It's not in the box on the cheaper uh, iPhone 11, no. but in the in the pros, you will get that 18 watt. It's not even that fast. Like I wish it was like a 30 watt, 40 watt charger. Like yeah, Samsung got a. Like 45. we're all getting super pumped that Apple put something in the box that most companies yeah. have had in the box for years at this Very point. True. But hey, at least they're finally taking that baby step forward. Yeah, and putting it in the box is cool. It would be cool if you like supported 45 watt fast charging or something wild. But anyway, uh, it's still can wirelessly charge at 7.5 watts. There is no reverse wireless charging like we kind of thought we would get. Yeah, I think this goes into kind of like, we saw all these rumors coming into it and 
we didn't see one more thing. In fact, we saw a lot less things that we were pretty yeah. sure about rumor-wise, or at least the overall public was pretty sure because they weren't big jumps. Like we were seeing these rumors of small things that didn't that seemed totally plausible and actually not that exciting. And then the things that we didn't think were exciting, we didn't even get. Yeah, it seemed like kind of a, I, I made a joke about how they should call it air power, but then it also disappeared like air power. So maybe they really <laughs> should call it air power. That reverse wireless charging just straight up didn't happen. But yeah, that's that's one thing that I was looking to. Again, face ID improvements again here with the the faster chip, same size notch, um, hopefully more angles, the yeah. whole deal. Um, but there's a couple other weird little things that they decided to name. One is the screen. It's a slightly better screen. So same resolution, same 5.8 and 6.5 inch sizes, I believe. But uh, it's a bit brighter a better 2 million to 1 contrast ratio, and they're naming this OLED the Super Retina Display XDR. I can confirm that Marcus didn't read that off a piece of paper, and I have no. I was trying to think of it in my head, and all I was like, oh, they threw XDR at the end of there, but I yeah. I spent so long trying to remember that, I didn't remember anything I mean, else. they started with like a pretty nice branding, which is just Retina Display. Mm-hmm. I like that name. You, you know Retina Display means you can't see pixels when you're looking at it. Cool, keep that. Then they moved on to the iPhone and they said super retina display. Okay, now you're getting a little weird. Like you don't have to say super. Anytime you name something super, you're going a little off the deep end. Just reel it back in. Super retina display is already not a great name. And then they sort of made parallels to the Pro Display XDR that's launching later this year with much better dynamic range and HDR certification. And they felt the need to take that XDR acronym of extreme dynamic range and attach it to the end of the super retina display. So now if you really want to read it all out, it's the super retina display with extreme dynamic range. Nice. <clears throat> wow. I can't wait for next year's uh, Bigly Super Retina Display <laughs> XDR XR Pro Max. I'm actually low-key kind of worried about the next iPhone's names. Is that going to be 11S Max 5G? I, I have a feeling Pro? they just go, I think by changing XR to 11 and then going 11 Pro, we'll just see 12, 12 Pro next year. Oh, no more S. That's I think smart. we're ditching S. I think they never should have done S. I think they should have went 11, mm. 11 Pro and done that naming scheme last year. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. They got really, they got people really into the TikTok thing, but that still means it's going to be a, uh, iPhone 12 Pro Max 5G. I don't think, oh, geez. I just hope <laughs> they don't say 5G at the end of it, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think five putting 5G in the name this year makes sense because it's so new. Yeah, I'm hoping by the time Apple's throwing 5G in, it's not going to be that big of a deal anymore. It's kind of the same way a lot of Android phones, when they were the first generation of phones to have 4G, had to put 4G or mm-hmm. LTE or something like that in the name of it, like the Thunderbolt 4G LTE. Yeah, that's, that doesn't have to happen. It kind of feels like, do you know when you're browsing for something on Amazon and you see the title of the product is like four sentences long because it shows yeah. every like it's just feature SEO. in the title. Yeah, that's how I usually know it's coming from China and it's crap. They just got to get your eyes on exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one more crazy name. Um, I don't even want to say it out loud. Uh, okay, so you can do... <laughs> oh, let's go. I know what's coming. <laughs> you, can, you can take front-facing slow motion videos um, in 4K, I guess 4K 60, or you can do, I think it's 120 or 240. So you can do slow motion selfie videos now. And as you can imagine, Apple felt the need to name that, so they named it Slofies. Let's go. I actually have this my, this piece of paper with my notes. You can see I took the time to draw a face palming. Oh, my God. Smiley face because I just couldn't. I almost just turned it off. 
I couldn't handle I, it. That's the second time I ever said that word out loud. Man. Let's go. I hate it. It's really bad. And you, you can tell, like, you know, when you get to that hands-on area, all the people kind of have, like, a little script where they go through mm. certain things they're supposed to say to you. And every one of them said that word and, like, kind of smirked while they were saying it, like they were really <laughs> proud of it. And every time I heard it, I just looked at them like, really? Everyone woke up this morning and had to say, like, ten times without smiling in the mirror <laughs> before they came to work. Oh, man. So that's... Just, what can you do with it like the the thing they showed was like a a girl taking a video and her brother was blowing like a hair dryer and her hair is moving this and, is and yeah. like cool that that kind of has like a, a model like blue steel feel to it but sure. like what else there's a couple so this is the thing about apple is they've usually been really really good about every time there's a new feature they always launch it with also an amazing way to sell it mm-hmm. whether it's a great ad or a great explanation or just some great use cases and I was like waiting for it. I was like, oh, great. Okay. So what's going to be the use case for front-facing slow motion videos? And it was that ad with the the hairdryer and like uh-huh. the corny, like I guess an Instagram post. And then there was a girl uh, like standing with a waterfall behind her. So the water behind her slowed down. And then from that point on, it was just people like moving their hair around. Yeah. I feel like you have to have hair to experience. And that's where they lost me. Cool. So. My, my hair doesn't make any crazy, you know. Yeah. No, that's, that's all right. Marquez and I are not getting our hair cut till we can experience slow fees. You won't see the iPhone oh, review yeah. until our hair is down to our shoulders and slow And then I can do thing. a slow fee mm-hmm. demo. There it is. I said it third time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, They didn't really sell me on that feature in the moment, but I'm sure some people come up with some interesting things. They'll probably be, It'll blow up on TikTok. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll get that that coming in. Either way, that's basically it. I mean, if you're if you're thinking about buying these either of these phones, 11, 11 Pro, 11 Pro Max, uh, camera is the number one thing you have to think about. And I actually think that puts Apple in kind of a precarious place because they're not clear-cut the best camera at the moment. No. And, you know, it depends on what sort of world you live in. If you're a, if you're a video person, I still would say the iPhone is the best camera, mm-hmm. and their improvements to the iPhone cameras are legitimately really impressive, and I think it will still be the hands-down best video camera in a smartphone. Oh, yeah, I actually think... Real quick, they showed that demo of the Filmic Pro app where you could take video oh, yeah. through all three lenses at the same time. Wild. That was really cool. I've like, never seen anything like that. Yeah, that's like kind of incredible. You just you pick one that's like your perfect framing and then you get two like spare frames in case you mess that up. I don't know. I thought that was neat. I don't know how often you would use it, but still like the, really the fact that that demo like works at all is really cool. So yeah, I think in that world, maybe they're safe. But in the photo world, if you're just like, yeah, a normal person, I take pictures of my cat and my pets and my kids and my friends. I just want the best camera. Like right now, the hands down choice isn't necessarily just iPhone. Like you have Pixel, which Mm -hmm. takes Pixel 4 is about to come out and will probably make all. I bet Google right now is just writing down all their jabs they want to make at Mm -hmm. Apple during their presentation because they're going to have a very similar pitch for the Pixel 4. This camera is amazing. Um, so there's that. We're about to get a new Huawei flagship. Their night mode is always incredible, and their daytime. We didn't even stuff. talk about night mode. Yeah, in this podcast. You know what? That's the thing. It has night mode, but and I could just rant on the, the lack of customization in iPhones for a while. But let me just say, uh, you can't enable it by default, even mm-hmm. on the Pro phone. Where as a Pro feature, you might want to just be able to turn on certain modes. You can't turn on night mode anytime you want. It has to detect that it's below a certain luminance. Then it will enable night mode and show a little toggle on the top where you can customize it. You can turn it off if you don't want it, uh-huh. but you can't toggle it on. 
we'll have to test that. I mean, the, the results they showed on stage looked pretty impressive yeah, versus not had, having it. They had that and they had that like weird taking photos and stitching it together for extreme detail kind of stuff. Yeah, that and that's called te- Deep Fusion. They really name everything, don't they? <laughs> deep Fusion mode. And that's going to be coming later to, I guess, iOS and, and these new phones. But didn't get to test that either. So yeah, yeah I mean, if you're if you're all set on an iPhone, the camera is going to be your big upgrade. The A13 Bionic is is going to be great. But like, so was the A12 Bionic. I don't mm-hmm. know if your phone's slowing down already. So yeah, that's that's kind of where Apple's living right now. Is just trust us. Our camera's good. Yeah, it's going to make a really fun camera bracket challenge later oh, this year. We... I can't wait for that video. And this is going to make. I think we this year we're going to have to do some some side brackets of like night mode and ultra wide or some or portraits or something like that like we'll have our main one but oh, yeah i really think we need to test some of the more obscure things with maybe a smaller bracket but interesting i, I have a feeling this year we're going to spend a lot of time on that damn bracket yeah i mean that was that was really fun last year if you haven't already watched it we did a super fun blind smartphone camera test where we put together how many was it 32 16, 16 phones? i think yeah. 16 phones ranging from like the highest end the pixels and the huawei's and the apple's all the way down to, uh, I think we have the Palm phone, phone in yeah. there. So we really ran the gamut. And there was some crazy upsets and some fun stuff, but Huawei did eventually pull out the blind smartphone camera test win by just having what seemed like the brightest, sharpest photo. And that was good enough for people to just vote for it over what it's up against. Um, but yeah, this year, I think, yeah, you're right. We, we might have to have some like subcategories of like who thinks they have the best portrait mode? Who thinks they have the best night mode? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that might be fun to try. Yeah, I think we should try that. Cool. I can't wait. That was probably my favorite video last year. That was a lot of fun to make. Um, all right. Well, that's that's essentially what happened as far as new hardware on stage. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and do some Q&A from the Waveform Twitter. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. 
So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. All right, welcome back. So we asked you guys on Twitter from Waveforms, WVFRM, Twitter, what you guys wanted to know about, you know, the, the Apple event, just the general week, the first really big week of tech September is, I guess, what I'm calling it. Yeah. And uh, we got some good ones, and I guess we'll just jump right into it. This is becoming a pretty fun, like, regular part of the podcast. Yeah, I'm having I a lot of fun. It, it kind of opens it up to more to more about each of us and our, our thoughts and how much everyone thinks I work for the channel and probably have the exact same thoughts as Marquez. But it's the best when we have it, different answers yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. So one of the top ones here, will Apple TV Plus only increase the wall of Apple's ecosystem? Um Depends on how into TV you are. I read an interesting post about how they're trying to be kind of more like Hulu than Netflix, which I'm not super into this world. I've just recently started using Netflix again, but yeah, it's a wall. It's kind of a small wall in my world. I don't really care much about it, but it's a little wall. I guess the question is, is are you using your regular password for it? Are you giving your Apple password out to friends? Because we all know that so let's see, my Netflix login account is my sister's. My Hulu login account is my fiance's sister's boyfriend's. And wow. our HBO subscription is our friend's parents. Oh so <laughs> so uh, there is family sharing. So if you okay, want to like cool. get your own and then share it, it'll work natively. Mm-hmm. Netflix does something like that similar to Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not super into it. So I guess it's small wall for me. Yeah. Small wall. Someone says, Austin Evans made a great video about the iPhone 11 versus iPhone 11 Pro and said the base model is a better deal than the Pro counterpart. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, as a deal, it makes total sense because diminishing returns when you start paying four hundred more dollars, yeah, three hundred more dollars for something, you're not getting that that much more. But it's an enthusiast phone for sure. Honestly, as far as I can tell, you know, if you really want like better cameras, the eleven and the eleven Pro have the same standard camera and the same ultra wide camera. How much do you care about that two X telephoto? Not much. Right, like if you're if you're looking at the difference between the 11 and 11 Pro, aside from the matte finish, which is really pretty cool to me, <laughs> four hundred dollars uh, cool. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but it's you know then you're just looking at um you're looking at the battery life, you're looking at OLED and high resolution versus LCD and low resolution. That's basically it. And then you have 2x versus not 2x. Yeah, I'm actually surprised. I I kind of thought the 2x would be on the the regular and the ultra wide would be the extra thing you're getting, but having the ultra yeah. wide on the cheaper one, I'm glad they didn't the, do that. Yeah, I would have been kind of mad if they <laughs> didn't have the ultra wide on the cheaper one. So yeah, I'd agree that the uh, the 11 is a better deal than the 11 Pro for sure. Yeah. Now that Huawei, Apple, OnePlus, and Samsung all have Pro in the name, do you feel Google and others will follow? And does this make the title Pro meaningless? <sighs> yeah. Then the the Pro name. Deep sigh. The pro name is already kind of becoming mm-hmm. a little bit overused and borderline meaningless. Um, and Apple kind of, I was thinking about this as they were on stage and they made this statement at the beginning about what they think the word pro means. And then they said, yes, we have this pro display and we have these this pro battery. But when it comes to smartphones, like there isn't really a pro exactly, smartphone yeah. user. So when, when you have like a, a laptop, for example, you have MacBook and you have MacBook Pro. Well, the Pro is going to be used for people who are going to be doing professional things like editing or graphics design or coding, things like that. And they need certain things, extra processing power, better display. iPad Pro, you could even make that argument. iPad versus iPad Pro. You have iPad, which is just, you know, for leisure. Maybe you want a high refresh rate display. Maybe there's certain things about having USB Type-C that make 
you know, importing media easier for whatever you do professionally. So you can make that argument. Yeah, I mean, we've seen like TLD show us that you can do some pretty crazy things on the iPad Pro. So people might not like to admit it, but there are some pro things you can do on, on yeah. iPad. And then you get to the smartphone world and you have uh, you have OnePlus 7 Pro, you have the Realme Note 8 Pro, you have the Galaxy, uh, what's the other? Uh, obviously iPhone Pro. I can't think of what the Samsung one is. Um, I don't know. There's like one or two other big pro phones, whereas just like I don't know what makes these phones pro anymore. Yeah, I can't. Get, it seems like it's just pro means the expensive version. Here's what for it is. the enthusiast. Exactly, pro is the new max. Is the new plus? Is the new turbo? Is the new whatever it <laughs> used to be before that? It's a new like it's the better one. Uh, and so, yeah, if you sort of dilute the actual meaning of the word pro in other you know industries and other electronics it just comes down to this is the better one it's got the better specs it's mm -hmm. faster it's better just yeah do you know what's it. funny there's probably only one use case i could see somebody using a phone in a pro scenario and that's kind of how i remember when rog phone one came out they were kind of explaining to us how mobile gaming's kind of exploded overseas mostly in like china yep so i could see somebody playing professional mobile games and pro actually gamer. buying something like that except what are two phones that don't have pro on it Razer phone and RG an RG phone. phone. They don't have pro in the name. Maybe they should. Maybe just think about yeah. joining that train. Yeah. So I'm going to say uh, the word pro just in general has sort of lost its meaning in the smartphone world, but it just means the better one. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, someone said, are all the colors from the iPhone pro the matte color and will it be a fingerprint magnet? Okay. Here's the thing. I have a small worry about the, the matte finishes. I love them, obviously. I think they're going to look awesome, but two things. One Frosted glass is actually a little bit slipperier than glossy glass because your finger and your fingerprint and the oil on your finger, you know, when you hold a glossy yeah. phone, you kind of feel that like tiny little bit of grip. Uh, you don't really have that as much. And then it didn't really seem like much of a fingerprint magnet. I, I held the phone for a little while. I handled it for a bit. Didn't have much of that as a problem, but scratches, I don't know how that's going to work out. We had that frosted back of the pixel yeah, uh, and that had some weird scratch issues and occasionally you'd be able to like like wipe it off yeah, and it would work. Yeah, that was the definition of weird scratch issues because yeah. it was such a bad, it was like, oh my God, this scratch is like crazy. Oh wait, you can wipe it off. Oh wait, no, you can't really wipe it off. <laughs> oh, you can kind of wipe some of them off. Yeah, so that's, I, I'm really, really curious to see, like obviously we're going to see Zach's video and he's going to scratch <laughs> the back of it and we're going to see how it recovers, but... Uh, in re like real life, when people like start scraping their phones, like is that going to be like an ugly gash, or is it just going to be like the same as a glossy one? Yeah. Also, we see so many more clear cases now. What is Mac going to look like in a clear case that kind of makes it look? It's stupid. Glossy? If you oh, if you buy a matte iPhone and put a clear glossy case on it, come see me. Come find me in the streets. I have some words for you. <laughs> So when uh, Stefan asked, do you think we have hope that we finally get a USB Type-C iPhone next year? Let me just put it on the record now. The 2020 iPhone is going to be the most hyped iPhone in a long time because we've had, you know, the same sort of shape and the same general iPhone for probably three years now. Uh, I'm looking for new design. I'm looking for new battery. I'm looking for a new high refresh rate display maybe. I'm looking for new speaker system. I'm looking for a USB type C. I'm looking for maybe pencil support. I'm looking for maybe reverse wireless charging. I'm looking for a lot of things in this new iPhone in 2020 already uh, that we obviously don't have this year. So 
Yeah, hopefully USB Type-C is one of those things. Do you know what my favorite thing that you just said there was? It's going to be the most hyped iPhone in a long time, something, something three years ago. That's the tech world. Three years three ago is years a long ago. time. I, but I mean, like even before that, when we had iPhone 10, that was obviously the big hyped iPhone yeah, yeah, because yeah. we were going design to the edge. Change. Yeah, design change, but also like now there's a notch. Like that's the first big phone mm-hmm. with a notch. And then we have all this like edge to edge stuff and look how close Apple got to the edge of the screen. Are they going bezel-less soon? That whole thing. That was like a pretty pretty big moment for the iPhone form factor. And then before that, again, it goes a couple years back before we really see anything too drastic. So yeah, I don't know. This seems like a big moment again. I guess I could see this being a bigger hype moment because the 10 when it came out, as much as people were hyped about it, it also had the notch, which at that time was very like, I hate this. It's pretty bad. So now we're going to get a phone that's going to have a notch, but we're used to the notch by now. So now we can just appreciate all the the changes in it whereas before we had to appreciate changes while just dreading the notch yeah that's it's wild i mean honestly if you think about it like in a vacuum apple just released a thousand dollar phone in 2019 that has a gigantic notch with no fingerprint reader and face id that's one of the biggest complaints like that by itself is uh kind of disappointing so yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to the 2020 iphone but I guess it's too far to look ahead. We're going to see a bunch of stuff between now and then. But Yeah, but hopefully. do you think I should wait? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should wait a year and a month for the next iPhone. Who just did a video on that? It was like, yes, you don't buy this year's iPhone. There will be a better new one. There better will be one another next one year. next year. Trust me, there's a new iPhone coming out. Yeah, yeah no, so everyone who still has their iPhone 4 waiting for the next iPhone. Just, maybe just one stick of these it out. Days. Stay patient. I'm sure the headphone jack will come back eventually. <laughs> Jacob asks, was 3D Touch killed silently? Yes, 3D Touch is dead in all of Apple products now. It was only really on the iPhone XS and XS Max, I guess. We had Long Touch on the XR and, you know, the iPads and other things. But it's, yeah, it's just moved to haptic touch now. And they've expanded the peek and pop thing that you can do with a long press still. So it's like the only thing you're really missing is the actual pressure sensitivity and the modularity of, like, moving your finger down in the screen and seeing the animation move. That was kind of cool, but I was one of those people who didn't use it all that much, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't use an iPhone, so I have no idea what it's like. I've heard a lot of people say how you don't mention it that much, but even some of the hardest Apple users have admitted that Apple doesn't do a good job at marketing it. So a lot of people just don't even know it's a thing. So I'm sure most people won't even know that it's gone. Yeah, it was up to app developers to like build in really cool features for it. When that didn't really happen much, then it didn't become a huge deal to kill it. Was there anything you feel like Apple should have announced or anything you feel like was missing from the event? Hmm. Um, well, I'm I'm expecting we're going to have another event in October. Oh, yeah. or I think we're going to have another fall event. So uh, the only thing I really feel was missing was little things like, you know, the reverse wireless charging not being in the iPhone, maybe like a new AirPods update. But like, I'm not really shocked at most of the things that we didn't see. Um, like I said, again, a pretty tame event, this one. I think they, they showed exactly what, most normal people would expect the problem is is we live on twitter where leaks get posted all over the place and then people run with the smallest little rumor make entire videos about it and then everyone gets hyped about everything have you seen the pixel 4 rumor from today not rumor leak the last one i saw was the like pink or orange colors and that was like a four second video yeah yeah there is a six minute full hands-on video like produced like by a host (laughs) who's like talking about it and holding it up to the camera like he's reviewing it it's not english so i can't tell what he's saying 
but the fact that this is all like very close to the Apple event is really funny. Um, yeah, you can basically just see everything you want about the Pixel 4 now, except the price. Except the price. And the sample photos. Uh, someone said, any thoughts about the lack of 5G in the new iPhone? I think we touched on that a little bit before. Like, we're seeing all these companies, they wanted to be the first to 5G. Like, actually, early on this year, the amount of rumored like 5G phones was out of this world. I think every Android phone company was thinking about doing it. And we were like, okay, cool. Like, everyone wants to race to 5G. And then I think we're later in the year and we, it really feels no closer to 5G being like a real thing. Like, yeah. yeah, we went to Rhode Island and saw it, but that was obviously just testing. It doesn't feel like a giant missing feature yet. Yeah. Um, kind of the same way when 4G first rolled out, it was kind of like an extra little bonus. Uh, I think it's a possibility in next year's iPhone. Maybe in the, I think in the next two years, we'll have a 5G like, you know, common thing in, in new phones. But at the moment, I'm not shocked there's no 5G in the new iPhone. Yeah, I think even if it comes into the 2020 iPhone, it's barely going to be used. I, I can't see 5G rolling out that well. I mean, maybe some company will surprise me or maybe more companies will take the AT&T route and just throw throw an E at the end of 5G and then people are going to be spending 300 more dollars so they can use the exact same did you get the Did you get the iPhone 12 Pro Max 5G E uh, (laughs) XDR? (laughs) Oh, someone said, can you explain the U1 chip a little more? Uh, Have you seen any of this? This is like the, this. they didn't talk about this, I guess, at all on stage. It was one of those like background things where they had a bunch of extra new features. Okay. So there's a new dedicated chip in the iPhone called the U1 chip. Mm -hmm. So they had the W1, which does a lot of Bluetooth stuff with headphones. They have the Bionic. The U1 chip is for spatial recognition and direction relativity between other U1-enabled devices, Okay. which means basically if you have a an iPhone 11 over there and I have an iPhone 11 over here, oh, okay. and I want to airdrop you something and there's 50 other people in this hotel with airdrop on, and I just point my phone at you, it shows up first in my share sheet to share it with you. Huh. So I can like beam files at you Let's by go. like pointing my phone at you, which had all sorts of other funny like meme Acquis- like I, I was just thinking of like being like on a plane and just That's beaming exactly things at people. <laughs> at that one point where you're sitting on the plane, the the 4G sucks, so you can't like pull up Reddit or anything. So you're just trying to find something to do while you're sitting on the tarmac. Like, why yeah. not just send a bunch of random memes just to start beaming people? people. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you'd enjoy this certain type yeah. of meme beaming at you. Yeah, that's uh, the U1 chip. I don't, I don't think there's any other crazy use cases I've really thought uh, about. Maybe I think like, the one thing people were talking about was that like tile type subscription thing that yeah was rumored. I didn't. I haven't looked that much into it. I've heard a bunch about it. Possibly it, also, I it might be applied to Bluetooth. So I could think of. I could imagine a world where you have like Apple chips with U1 or sorry, Apple headphones with U1 chip in them. So if there's 70 other headphones on the plane and you just like point them at your headphones, you're. I mean, it's like NFC, it's same exact way, thing. Yeah. But uh, trying to pair with Bluetooth faster. Uh, yeah. No, I just thought that was interesting. You can. You can. <laughs> beam files at people like a <laughs> wizard um that's fun anyway that's pretty much it thank you uh thank you for joining us thank you for tuning in for this random hotel room episode uh 24 hours after an apple event i, I feel like it was a lot of fun this was a lot of fun i feel like we'll probably do some more of these event specific ones when fun stuff just happens or comes up uh there will be a normal podcast episode next week back in our normal every two week cadence but uh that's been it for episode four Thank you everyone for tuning in. Waveform is produced in conjunction with Studio 71 and our intro outro music is created by Cameron Barlow.